0: Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. So, yeah, uh... Yeah, so we shall move on to talking about realignment. One way to sort of frame this uh, debate or discussion about uh, where we see future realignment going is we have an actual, you know, set in stone realignment uh, announcement. Or not realignment, but the new program, Finding a Conference Home. And that was Augustana, who we had mentioned last month, announced its first uh, head coach, former Husky player and assistant Garrett or They, uh, it was announced that the CCHA is going to be welcoming them as a, uh, as a conference member starting, uh, next year in 2023. Uh, it sounds like it, it was weird. Uh, it sounds like the first two years, they're going to be playing a limited schedule. This was unclear to me as far as why that's the case. I think they said they're only going to be playing one series against each of the, Uh, eight other teams. Um, I I would assume this means they're not going to be involved in the postseason tournament. Um, I mean, because they're only playing 16 games, they're probably not going to be very good to begin with. Secondly, and they're not going to be playing enough games for them to be above last place, you'd think, because everybody else plays 26 games, I think. So, and I'm assuming, too, Nine teams for a playoff uh, format is kind of a weird number to to work with, where eight is such a perfect number to work with. So I would assume that the first two years, they're just sort of affiliate member, if you will, not going to be involved in the tournament. If I hear different, I'll, I'll let you know, but that's my working assumption is that the first two years, they're sort of easing into the conference and then becoming a full member with a full schedule uh, would be the 25-26 season. Uh, but that uh, brings the CCHA to nine teams now. John nine nine teams, teams. nine times. Uh, according to Kamish, uh, the Don, uh, Lucia, there is no immediate plans to get a tenth team now they're going to need to get a 10th team.
1: Um, (laughs) Now you can say that there are no immediate, (laughs) whether or Uh, not, maybe it's still under review. Who knows?
0: That's that's possible. Um, Or maybe they think that someone's going to be leaving the CCHA and this will make it an even eight again. Who knows? Uh, But obviously that started some rumor milling about who else are the CCHA? What other team is they're going to, are they going to get, you know, you got Lindenwood and, Which is sort of in a geographical similar area, or at least fits the footprint a little bit. Um, You've got the Eastern schools. Stonehill is starting up next year. You've got Long Island, which still has not gotten a a conference home. You've got Alaska Anchorage coming back this year, um, joining Alaska Fairbanks, um, both as independents this coming year. Arizona State has been an independent for seven years, I think, now, and and now moving into the, their brand-new NHL rink uh, facility um, this this coming fall. Still no word as far as where they are uh, landing uh, uh, as a conference. Robert Moore is coming back from the dead, not this year, but next year, 2023, uh, and they've already been reinstated into the Atlantic hockey. Uh, So there's some shuffling parts uh, and this sort of creates a scenario where what does the uh, how does the conference landscape look in the next five years uh, or even the next three years? Um, The. And there's so there's a lot of possibilities. There's been rumors of Atlantic hockey, you know, with. They're at ten teams right now. Adding Robert Morris in twenty twenty three will put them at eleven. Whenever you look at conferences that have odd numbers, and we we've got a, several of them. We've got Hockey East at eleven members. Like I said, Atlantic Hockey will be eleven members starting in twenty twenty three. CCHA will have nine members. Big tens at seven members. These, I mean, the odd numbers create scheduling problems. I mean, someone's got to be you know on a weekend. One of those teams, if not more, it's not like the NCHC where you got eight teams and you can have four conference games per weekend and no one has to have an off week or play a non-conference uh, game during that week. The odd numbers create scheduling issues, creates problems as far as how do you deal with the playoffs. Um, so it's it makes much more sense at least to have odd, an even number of teams in your conference. So. I think that it's fair to say that there's going to be some shuffling uh, in in the conference in conferences, whether or not there's going to be teams moving from conferences and certainly there's going to be conferences that pick up some of these members, just add them. Uh, there's possibilities of new conferences being created um, just to set the playing field. The NCAA's rule for a conference, the minimum number of teams for a conference in order for that conference to gain an automatic qualifier into the tournament is six teams. So you have to have six teams in a conference in order to uh, for your conference champion to uh, have an automatic berth at the uh, in the NCAA tournament. So keep that number in mind. Um, you know, there's these independents like Arizona State, the Alaskas. Uh, Liu and Stonehill—that's five independents right now. It's not quite enough, or and Lindenwood too. So I guess that makes six. So I mean, there are there is the possibility of teams banding together. But imagine—we uh, haven't even mentioned uh, Alabama Huntsville, which is sort of on hiatus. They're—they've raised money, but they've said that they're not going to make any. Reinstatement of the program official until they find a conference home, and they've been struggling to find that. They've knocked on the doors of Atlantic Hockey. They've said no. CCHA kicked them out of their conference, or well, they they uh, Minnesota niced them out along with the Alaskas when they <laughs> formed the wc or when they formed the CCHA and killed the WCHA. That was sort of the whole point of that was to just say we don't want to be at a conference with those teams anymore. So I don't see them. Joining the CCHA anytime soon, um, so there's that question mark as well. I don't know where you want to start. I I, I scribbled some notes, um, and it's it's kind of like what I think might happen, which is more like I said incremental change, adding teams here and there. You know, one team here, one team there. But then I kind of got crazy and I said we're going to split off these conferences here and I'm going to split the Ivies from the ECAC. Uh, and I don't know exactly where it all landed out. I, I I sort of have an idea of what I think might happen versus what I would like to see happen or what I think would be kind of cool to see happen. Why don't we, I, I don't know where you want to start. If If you've got like a, maybe we'll start with like, we could go conference by conference, or if you have like a, here's a here's a hot take right off the bat, you know, I'm going, uh, Penn State's going to Atlantic Hockey, yeah, like, if you got a hot I,
1: take right off the bat. Okay, I kind of have a hot take right off the bat. Why, why don't you start with that, then? And, and it, it, it's going to be kind of funny, I think, because I don't think it's actually going to lead into anything else when it comes to realignment, but... You know, when you were talking about, you know, seven years for Arizona State and no conference home.
0: This and it a good seems start. Like,
1: like they can kind of, it, it feels like they would be wanted.
0: Yes. And, I think they
1: and are. if you're Arizona State, do you want to be in a conference? And I think this is kind of an interesting, especially if you're starting to get conferences with odd numbers, they're going to have off week, off weeks, you know, towards the end of the season because you have to. And so you, you want to schedule them. So I think the biggest issue is because, you know, it's a lot harder to fill games in, you know, February and March because that's when the conference season is really going. Well, if conferences are stuck on odd number of teams then yeah you're going to have a little more leeway to go ahead and kind of get in and out of the um you know a wider range of conferences that are that you're going to be able to play and i think Arizona's kind of in an interesting spot because people will want to play arizona both at arizona or have arizona state come there so i i think it's actually interesting that I don't know if Arizona State wants to be in a conference. And you know, the really the only main benefit I would say is an automatic bid, but if you still have, you know, you win your games with the pairwise and everything, you're still going to, you know, make it to the tournament. There's still plenty of runway, plenty of avenues for you to get there. So I, you know, depending on how the rest of the conferences fall and if there are odd number of teams where everybody is, you know, every conference is going to have somebody off, I think you're going to have kind of your pick of the litter also of who you want to schedule during those those months and still have a decent chance to make it into the tournament. So that's kind of my hot take. I don't think they're going anywhere.
0: You're going to stay as an independent.
1: I think so. Yeah, that's
0: where I would have... Uh, I,
1: think, I, th- I think if they would, wanted to be in a conference, they'd be in one by now.
0: Yeah, I think that I, I don't have any inside information as far as what they are desiring as a program. I would, oh, I would we ass- don't
1: have inside anything.
0: <laughs> I, I know, but I, I would assume that they want to be in a conference tournament. They, they've, they did apply to the NCHC. That was, I think, during the first run of the podcast. That was 2016-ish, I think. And they were told no, um, but a lot a lot has changed since well, then. We're the
1: original old boys,
0: so <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, but a lot <laughs> has changed since then. They and most notably, they they have a facility now, a, a viable facility. Like I said, five thousand seat arena on campus. That they didn't plan on this, but the Coyotes will be playing there as well. The next. 2 3 years. Uh and so I think that makes them an attractive program. Uh I have them in the I have them going to the Big 10. Um which would not I would not like I don't like that. Um this is this is in my what I think is going to happen. Now, do I I I'm not going to say I I would say 90% it's going to that they're definitely going to go to the Big 10. It's probably closer to 50-50. I don't, I could definitely see them saying no, but I mean, they, they, they're, uh, there's just some hints that I've had over the years that makes it seem like it's logical that they're going to go there. I mean, they played the COVID year, the 2020, 2021 season, Arizona state played an entirely big 10 schedule that year. It was all on the road um but that was the only way that they could really find teams to play period so that's a willingness not only from their perspective but from the other seven Big 10 teams that will let you in and sure it was a once in a lifetime opportunity it's a, a once in you know that that season's never going to be replicated ever again but you know that that's something that they would they wouldn't have uh the Big 10 schools wouldn't have uh, offered that opportunity to just any team. They're not going to offer that to Stonehill or uh, Long Island. Uh in, in 2020, uh Arizona State sort of checked off a lot of the similar boxes to them. Just the size of the the school. Um they're not a they're a, they're a known commodity. Um whereas even like a North Dakota, even though North Dakota is a, you know, powerhouse from college hockey standpoint, they're not on the same sort of national name recognition as a school that Arizona State is, and I think that is more important to the Big Ten than the the hockey uh, aspect itself. Um, the other thing, like I I went to the game uh, game last year uh, in their now their old facility. Uh, they're using th- for their home ta- for their home games. They contract with the Big Ten for officials uh, for their referees, um, and that's again that's another sign of you're going through those sort of logistics Uh, as an independent. You're kind of on your own for that. Um, But that's a sign to me that says that the big Ten's willing to do business with Arizona state uh, in in this, in this, uh, I don't know how long they've been doing that. Um, But um, that's another little sign of uh, reciprocation between the big 10 and Arizona state, as far as we want to have a relationship with you. So,
1: I uh, want to say that they had a relationship with the WCHA. I think, uh, yeah, I they, think in the early
0: days wh- they did. I mean, they, their first year or two, they barely played any home games. Um, it's really only yeah. been in the last few years that they've played a decent chunk of games. And I still think last year. And I think year,
1: it was also a lot for like supplementary, supplementary discipline. Like like yeah, if, if, like if some board has to oversee some kind of a suspension. Sure. They would use the WCHA. Digits. I think
0: since that COVID year, that that all that all that kind of stuff has been handled by the Big Ten for Arizona State. I think so too. Yeah. So that's another sort of hint that makes me believe that that's a possibility. Uh, so that's where I have them going as far as like my sort of they're not going in any conference would be the Alaskas, which again I I. I root for the Alaskas. I mean, it's like, I want, I want the Alaskas to succeed. I think it's cool that, that college hockey has a presence in Alaska. Uh, It's just from the realistic standpoint, again, we're looking at, it's kind of similar to what I said about Huntsville. The CCHA moved mountains. It, It literally resurrected a defunct league in order not to have Alaska, the Alaska teams in their conference. So I don't, see any way that they were going to go back to the ccha the nchc do you really see the nchc offering fairbanks a, a place in their conference
1: that's why we split off from the wcha yeah, right, <laughs>
0: right. I, I just don't see we that wanted happening.
1: like-minded schools same go
0: <laughs> even that? more so are the big 10 they ain't going to the mm-hmm. big 10 so those are the three western leagues <laughs> Uh, I don't see them playing. I know, I know Atlantic hockey has been fudging the geography of the United States for a while now with air Air force and whole factions of teams, not, not close to the Atlantic ocean in that conference. Uh, but still, I don't see if, if let's say Atlantic hockey were to add one, one or both of the Alaskas, at least change your name. But beyond that, I don't see that happening. I just don't see, I don't see it happening. Um, certainly, I don't see both, both the Alaskas in the same conference. I mean, this would be one of the ones where I'm saying well, it would be good for college hockey if yes. the Alaskas were each in their own conference. I mean, it was perfect the way it was with the WCHA having Anchorage and Fairbanks in the CCHA. See, actually, I think it's good for the, for the teams in the conferences as well. You still have the Alaska exemption, which means all your travel. If you play two games in Alaska, you those those games don't count against your SAA max. You can you can get two free home games by going to Alaska, and I think teams take advantage of that. They'll they'll play two more games if you let them, um, and that really only so having them in two separate conferences allow allows that opportunity for. You know, a dozen other teams to schedule extra games on the schedule, which I think is a benefit. But the thing is, especially over the last ten years in college hockey, it's very clear that these schools and these conferences, as as entities, they're not looking out for the for the whole of college hockey when they make their conference decisions. They're, for better or worse, they're making these decisions based on what's best for their programs. Because of that, I don't see the Alaskas finding a spot. I think the best hope for them to get a conference is to wait out a situation when you have six, at least six teams that are clearly in the West, like West of Denver, uh, that they join hockey or that they go D1 in hockey and that those teams form a great West. I think that's what the... It was an 80s version of this, of like the Great West Hockey Conference. But I don't see that happening very soon. I mean, we've, we've had like UNLV, Las Vegas, I think they're on uh, Alaska uh, Anchorage's schedule this year as exhibition games, because obviously they're not D1, they're a club team. Um, rumblings there, rumblings with the University of Arizona here in Tucson. But nothing, nothing above just rumbles no real steam to any of these any of these rumors and because of that i don't see a groundswell of of western west like true west coast teams uh going d1 in the next decade and because of that i mean that that's a long time i mean and the other thing for these conferences like fairbanks they were around last year and they took the covid year off but you know anchorage took you know anchorage was They took the year off last year and they're on real dire straits. I mean, I I don't see it. I don't see a conference offering Anchorage a position for a lot, lots of reasons. And one of them is we don't know the long term viability of that program. They're, it's like Huntsville, it's kind of a catch 22 that they're in as far as they can only, you know, go D1 if they get a conference. Well, no one's really going to give them a, no one's going to offer them a position in the conference. If they're, if they're this great question mark of how long are they going to survive, it's going to be a year-to-year thing where they got to raise a million dollars just to keep the program's lights on. Um, that's a tough sell for a conference to offer a position, uh, offer a slot in their conference for a program that's just not stable uh, and that isn't, hasn't proven that they can just at least just exist, much less be competitive. So I think that's a problem for the Alaska. So as, as much as it pains me to say it, because I would love to have uh, viable programs in Alaska, I, just, I, don't see, I don't see a conference offering them a slot. And I, I, I don't, above, or other than a new conference forming that includes them, I don't, I don't, what I'll say is I don't see a current conference offering the Alaska's a uh, position.
1: Yeah, everyone did everything they can to get rid of them so they don't have to play those teams. Great. So offering them a, a a spot at the table is, is a little far-fetched. Yeah, and, and that's their only hope is to hope they can, you know, all maybe they're going to try to get all the independents grouped together, get your six and... Um, get an automatic bid and therefore become a conference, you know, that's, I guess, a possibility. That's the only possibility. Is it a viable one? I don't think so. There's a lot that goes on to it. Um, so it's, I, I, I think it's a bummer because, you know, my view on it is that we need to lift the college game, not just specific programs, you know, and, you know, rightly or wrongly, and I, I know I've talked about this in a previous podcast, is everyone's going to look out for their own, and, you know, no one's going to give them a helping hand, or no one's going to, you know, try to try to do what they can to help other programs. Is it their obligation to? That's, you know, kind of up for debate, so that's, that's, that's where we're at, and uh, yeah, I agree with you, and I, I don't know how long these programs are going to be viable, um, but it's you know it's got to be tough to recruit under those conditions too right and that's and and that's kind of um you know the the other side of this you know they're they're going to be who who's going to go to that uh, a program like that with you know who knows if next year uh, you know we're going to be able to skate here right you know Maybe use it as a stepping stool stone for the transfer portal, um, if, if that's an option. But other than that, it's it, it's it's going to be a tough road to hoe there for the uh, for the Alaska teams. True. Um, how about what do you got
0: for? I mean, now we got Augustana as the ninth CCHA team. I just went ahead and added Lindenwood to, to be the tenth team for them. Um, I. I with them in St. Louis. I mean, it's not a perfect fit in the in their current footprint. Uh it's a little bit of an outlier. Um but I think that you could you could spin that as a positive as well. Like you don't you want to expand your footprint, not just um uh, add teams that are already in the footprint. This would be a way to to stretch the league down into a different state, different region. And I think St. Louis is a it's 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 let's say it's it's got its advantages over like a Bemidji as far as uh, traveling there. Um, there's an airport very close, and so I think from that perspective, I think it makes sense. It sounds like I, I did CHN did an interview with their their coach, and it sounds like I think they're. I thought he said their entire first year is going to be on the road. I don't. I thought that their 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 facility in Lindenwood, which is like the blues practice facility. And that's going to be hosting a regional. I'm assuming that's the same Lindenwood facility that they're using as their home rink. Um, you think if it's good enough to host a regional, it'd be good enough to host regular season games. But I thought, it, I thought he said that they're playing their entire season next year, uh, as uh, on the road, similar to what Arizona state did in the COVID year, uh, which will make it a, a challenge, uh, to say the least. Um, but, uh, they're a wild card because I, I, I could see them going in in several different spots, and I think they're a attractive program. Um, they're in a much different boat than the Alaska teams or Huntsville is. I, I would say. Uh, what what do you what do you foresee uh, the Lindenwood Lions? Where where do you see them uh, landing? Yeah,
1: like you said, this one this one is okay kinda of tricky and originally I had them in the NCHC. Really? Um I I do think that this like like you said, expanding your footprint and, and going down to St. Louis, I think that or you know that the St. Louis area uh could could kinda of be a good market for um you know for the conference and you know a national you know beyond CBS sports, you know, with you know, whatever that gives you, I guess. But, um, gives you Starman. star, man. You know, yeah, maybe a little bit of a, uh, a rivalry, I guess, with uh, Omaha. You know, something can brew kind of there. So it's that's where I originally had them before Augustana. Cause, um, you know, when I was doing the whole realignment and everything, I kind of got a little too focus on regionals and or regions in general like this group of teams this group of teams this group of teams and you know i i you know as as i was kept going back to it i kept stepping back and going like well out east it's not the case i mean you've got you know you look at massachusetts or whatnot you've got many different conferences representing in massachusetts and and everything is you know seems to work out for them so why wouldn't we have different conferences for everyone You know, for teams in Minnesota, even though that hasn't been the norm. You know, and again, that's very viable for nice non conference games, the, you know, for the, for, uh, you know, the help with NCAA tournaments and whatnot. So, yeah, I originally had Augustana and both Lindenwood in the NCHC. Um, I kind of look at those two teams as kind of a package deal, I guess, and I think that's just the easiest. So, I do see them go into the CCHA. Again, that rounds out to ten teams, so I think that's kind of an easy fit. Although I would like to see them in the NCHC, um, I would like to see the NCHC expand. So I think that would have been a good fit.
0: Well, if you're if you're talking about the NCHC expanding, where what, what do you got there then? Like let's let's move on from just specific programs to. You said you want to see the NCHC expand. What do you see? who are you adding or who are you maybe swapping out for other teams
1: well yeah and that's the thing obviously you know the big elephant in the room is the western Michigan and Miami and Bemidji and Mankato you know I think that's kind of an easy switch um uh along the lines that I think works out well for both the CCHA and the NCHC um but again, that's where I focus maybe a little bit too much on, on regionality of everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I originally had Augustana in the NCHC as well. So that's that where we bump up to 10 teams in that instance. I don't see the NCHC doing that. And really, I don't see the NCHC going to nine. I think they're going to do everything they can to just stay at eight and stay out of it, stay out of anything that falls. Yeah, um, I- And, but, you know, that's who's to say what, you know, Miami thinks or what uh, Western Michigan thinks. They might have different plans.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, even before Augustana announced their move to the CCHA, I would not have, I would not have picked them on my what I think is going to happen scenario to go to the NCHC or Lindenwood. I think there's good points made about, especially Lindenwood, I I, I like that argument about getting into that St. Louis market. I think it's a, it's a good, well to tap for a conference. The problem is that they just need to, they just need to get established at the, at the D one level. I think for a conference like the NCHC to to, like, let's say if Lindenwood was, was Arizona state right now, that's, I think would be viable for the NCHC to say, okay, you know, here's a program that's made a, made a tournament or two and has a nice facility that's lined up and, like I said, in a decent spot geographically. Um, then that, I, I, just don't, I just wouldn't see them bringing two D1 newcomers in Augustana and Lindenwood. We don't know how good or bad. I mean, I would not assume they're going to be... Like I said, if Lindenwood, especially if they're playing the entire year on the road not expecting them to be all that great Uh, for this year. And probably for the first few years, um, I just don't see the NCHC knowing that this program or this conference was founded on. We are the best. Uh, I don't see them. uh,
1: And loves to pump their chest, puffing
0: the chest out about, yeah, we'll bring the two new kids on the block into the program. Unless they wanted a couple of doormats to beat up on for a couple of years, but we already have Miami and CC. So, uh, uh, and yeah, and the, the Miami and Western thing, I, I, I agree with you as far as in my realistic, uh, scenario, I didn't, ha- I didn't see the NCHC moving from eight. I, I, I had them staying put, um, you know, I've never heard, I, I've, I've heard some rumors about Miami being restless between Western and Miami. I'd say Miami has a greater chance. I could see them saying, especially, let's say they finish in last place again next year or the year after that, being like, you know what, we're sick and tired of being eighth place in this league. Why don't we go over to CCHA and we can maybe compete for second or third, you know? I I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. Uh, I really haven't heard that from Western. Western seems committed as far as they want to be in the NCHC because that sort of steps up their recruiting uh, game. Uh, and they've made a couple of tournaments in, in, in the last few years, and I think they're on a, a good trajectory uh, with, with the new coach. Um, and and I, I like to see them as a package deal. I, I don't see, like, if Miami leaves, then Western is just in the NCHC by itself. I, they probably, even though they might be happy with the NCHC now, I think they like the fact that they have, a, they have Miami there with them. That's relatively close it's at least one bus ride trip for them, whereas everything else is a plane ride. So, from my, so in my realistic scenario, I had it, I had the conference staying put. In my sort of fantasy world uh, scenario, I had them going to 10, but I didn't do Mankato and Bemidji. I did Mankato and Bowling Green because I figured that Bowling Green would be a sop to Western and Miami. Like, those teams probably wouldn't like it if they added two more Minnesota teams, which is okay, two, I got two more plane trips for them. You give them Mankato, which I think is the plum of the deal. Like the NCHC would want them because they're kind of a sexy program right now. You give them Bowling Green to, keep, to get it to 10, so you don't have the odd number. But also, that's a third uh, Eastern team. that It's an in-state rival for Miami kind of gives them an extra rival in that neck of the woods. Um, and like, even though I don't really love Bowling Green from the, like, I don't think they really fit the NCHC from the sexy national, like we're making the tournament, like tournament competitive kind of type of team. And I don't think their facility is all that great. Like in my mind, I would love to see like, I would love to see Michigan tech back uh, in, in the Huskies conference, but, um but from the G, I just was making the, the Bowling Green move from the geography of that fits best for Western and Miami, whereas Michigan Tech kind of doesn't. So, again, the, my percentage of possibility of this happening is relatively low. I would not be shocked if Mankato made, you know, got, got into the NCHC at some point. It's just because of uh, how high they have ascended on the national scene. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if those talks have been
1: happening over the years. Um, Wasn't there recently and within the last few years that didn't uh, Mankato or something came out about Mankato asking the NCHC?
0: Yeah, I think that was the same time that Arizona State did. And certainly, mm-hmm. certainly it was Mankato that wanted to get in and they were told no. Um, you know, But again, that was before the times that they had made multiple Frozen Fours and national title game appearances from the NCHC. imagine
1: the NCHC if they were in the mix as well, if they did get in?
0: That would have been nuts. We had a debate there because you thought they were going to be, like, first place in the NCHC this year, and I was like, I thought they were going to be, like, fourth. Uh, so it, for, that, for that reason alone, as far as we can find out how good Mankato is, if it's in the NCHC, I would like it to happen. Um, there's just not, I don't, it's just weird that I don't think there's a, a second team that screams cause I think the NCHC is, is a little unusual. Yeah. I don't know. At least in the West, uh, the NCHC is like the conference that prides itself on, on ice success. And I think that's sort of like the main factor in what they think their conference should be. Whereas I think, you know, Big Ten is sort of hamstrung, even though they've they've gone outside the mold, been added Notre Dame, but they're sort of hamstrung, and I say that it's possible that Arizona State is added as well, but they're hamstrung is effective. We try, you know, it's Big Ten schools are part of the Big Ten conference. And the CCHA, I think, is a little bit more of a regional model. Much more, more so than these are like what's the like-minded schools, like-minded schools concept that the NCHC does. So that's why I think that a Mankato move, like let's say Mankato wins a national title, they could have done it this year. It came very close. You know, I think that that improves their resume uh, to the NCHC, but I don't see it happening in the next few years unless there there is. You know, a big cataclysm that I'm I'm not even anticipating of a big shuffle, but yeah, I did you have, what did you have like out east as far as we see like hockey east is at eleven teams. I don't think that that is ideal for them, and I would assume that they're looking to add a team. There's not really a, a team that screams. I know uh, Holy Cross has has been rumored. Holy Cross's women's team is in the women's hockey east. I think that has led some people to think that Hockey or that Holy Cross would make sense jumping from Atlantic to Hockey East. Um, and so there's that possibility. That, that seems a str- like a stretch to me. Bentley is another team from Atlantic hockey that's just got a new facility. I could see them moving up to, you know, if not Hockey East. ECAC is another kind of step up from Atlantic Hockey. But as far as the Hockey East goes, there's not a real... I mean, in my sort of fantasy world, I'm, I'm thinking from the NCHC's model of uh, best competition or like an on-ice product. Like, get Quinnipiac from the ECAC to the Hockey East, which I think would be kind of cool. Um, but um, what would you think about... And, and then I think Atlantic Hockey, which is, I think, the biggest set of dominoes as far as they are already going to expand. They've announced the move to, to add Robert Morris, which would get him to 11 teams. Um, re-add. re-add. them. And that's, that kind of makes it a little different. Um, but there's also rumors that Utica uh, could move. They're a D2 program now. They could move up to D1. They hosted the Atlantic Hockey Conference tournament this year. So, again, that's another sort of one of those hints. That you think that they might uh, have a home kind of lined up or working to, to uh, grease the wheels, uh, so to speak. So, and then, so if they're at 11 with the addition of Robert Morris, you've got Long Island, uh, which is out there. You think that they kind of make sense uh, to join Atlantic hockey? They're at least the school that can see the Atlantic Ocean. Um, which I think would be a positive. Can't say that for Air Force or even you know, Canisius or Niagara or some of the teams of the Western Mercyhurst. Mercyhurst. <laughs> so there's, uh, you know, there's the possibility of, in my sort of fantasy world for Atlantic hockey, you split that into two. Yeah, you get to 12 teams. You add add uh, Long Island, and then we're assuming we're adding Robert Morris for 2023. So this wouldn't be for a couple of years, but then you have 12 teams. And it kind of splits into two nice halves of West and East. Again, I think once you split it, you got to change the name of the conference. Uh, Atlantic Hockey West. That's like a hat on a hat. You can't have that name there, but just humor me for for a second. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Just just, just, just go
0: go with the uh, chaos. Like Atlantic Hockey Pacific region. Um, but you could have something like Air Force, Mercyhurst, Niagara, Robert Morris, Canisius, and RIT. Kind of fits all in the, the West Division. And then the East would be AIC, Army, Sacred Heart, Bentley, Long Island, and then Stonehill, which is my other team. Uh, the, the newcomer from uh, the Boston area that's as well. So you could have six team leagues. That, you could split that off into either two conf- two divisions of the same conference. You could split that off into two separate leagues and each get an automatic qualifier from from both because you're reaching that six, that magical sixth number. Um, there's also, you know, RIT, I think is one of those programs I've heard rumors of them trying to move up into ECAC or Hockey East. They have another sort of newish nice facility. I think they're geographically positioned well to possibly grow out of atlantic hockey i think their on ice product has been okay you know they've made several tournaments over the years as well you got air force which is sort of the big sore thumb there like they're in colorado uh and everyone else is at least on eastern standard time um from what I've heard, they love being in the same divi- the same conference as Army because the, the the service academy kind of deal service uh, yeah service academies uh, they they like being in the same conference but I I don't see how that is something that yeah I mean you could still play them in non conference I don't see how that is like you have to be in the same conference as them um, I think
1: a non conference like splitting them up and putting them in non conference and then having some kind of major you know services. Battle between those two, like I, I think that's a pretty sweet idea. Yeah, like just you know one series between the two, and then you know for some kind of trophy. I'm a I'm a sucker for trophies and like tournaments and whatnot. All right. So I think having something like that, I think I think I think it'll be one of those cool th- traditions to start.
0: Well, army army does play the uh, Canadian army in a exhibition every year. Uh, I don't know if they did it over the last COVID year or two, but uh, it's like the Royal Army of Canada or something. They usually play like around the Christmas break, but it's, uh, it, and I guess it's a big deal uh, for, for the Army uh, hockey faithful uh, when, whenever the Canadian the, the,
1: Canadian Army comes the, in. The Mounties? The That's right. Dudley do coming down to play us. Yes. Right.
0: It's like that uh, John Candy movie, uh, Canadian Bacon. Canadian Bacon. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good one, uh, but it's like, and I, I think what you were saying as far as regional versus like the, the, the impulse to have conferences that were based on geography, I agree. I think that's the best setup, and I think that's how the WCHA and the CCHA, those, uh-huh. that's how those leagues were built. Especially, like post, you know, like after the '80s and '90s, you know, you, you saw Saint Cloud get in in the late '80s. Um, that's when Anchorage uh, was and Fairbanks were added to their those leagues in the early '90s after being independents for for you know close to a decade. And so, I think that was the model then, and I think that still is the best model, especially for college hockey. But now it seems that doesn't seem to be the number one rationale across the board. So, because because it's like Air Force would, if we're talking geography, Air Force would be perfect in the NCHC. It would be it would fit the best in the NCHC because you already have two Colorado teams and one across town for them in Colorado Springs with CC. So you'd have all you have three teams in Colorado in college hockey wouldn't it make mo- the most sense to have all three of them being the same conference? The problem there is though, I mean, same as what we've mentioned about other schools. I just don't see how the NCHC looks at air force and says, you're on the same level of a program, uh, as, as the rest of us. And you can make all the air force over, uh, Saint cloud, uh, in the NCAA tournament jokes as you want, and we deserve them. But I just don't see that happening. And even though I think that would be a natural move. So just the impulse of going yeah, from... if you're,
1: if you're gonna use that argument for St. Cloud State, there's a lot of teams that you would put in the C H
0: C. Yeah, the NCHC featuring AIC and and Air Ferris Force State and, Ferris and... Seven State. Yeah, it's uh, it would be a, it would don't, be quite the league. Don't use that criteria. But yeah, I just so I, I I'm sorta of, my big thing was I had to fight the impulse to just do it by logical Geography, uh, and because that's not really the motivating factor for a lot of these conferences now. Um, what else do you got? I mean, I, I had, I split off the ECAC well, into I the wanna, Ivies. Uh, I, yep. I mean,
1: I, I want to go back first, um, and yeah. talk about, um, I want to go, uh, back first and talk about, um, Atlantic hockey. And I do think that. Atlantic hockey is tricky as well because you they have a cap for a certain number of scholarships they can give out. That's right. Now college hockey, I think, is eighteen. I want to say um, is is the cap.
0: I believe that's correct.
1: And then for for the longest time for Atlantic hockey, their cap was only twelve. That's right. I believe. Um, uh, maybe it went up to thirteen. I maybe I don't know, but like, the, so so a lot of the realignment I think is really going to depend on which one of the Atlantic hockey teams are comfortable or want to move up past that 12 threshold. Um, I know a lot of, um, you know, uh, talk about, you know, just place all these new teams in Atlantic hockey because they're kind of the afterthought because they're always, you know, lesser teams that are, you know, the, Afterthoughts of of college hockey, really, um, but you know that I think can kind of hamstring hamstring some of these um, uh, programs by only giving out those scholarships. So you're looking at ones like RIT, which I think is one of those schools that want to give out more and want to invest in more. That's kind of why we're hearing a little more rumblings about wanting them wanting to move out of and 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 into a different uh, into a different conference, if. If we if they do split off or, you know, if they do a six and six, again, I, I know I said this last week. I I would imagine that there's gonna be some talk about now we have too many conferences for a sixteen team field, too many automatic bids, they gotta raise it to eight. Um, and I think there's always gonna be that push pull when it comes to um those those conferences. So I think it's one of those things where they're gonna have to make darn sure that, um, you know, that, that cap is going to stay, or that floor is going to stay at six teams um, to get that automatic bid.
0: And so I wonder, it's, I think that's a good point, and I, I wonder what would happen if...
1: And if, that puts if, the Big Ten in a huge pickle.
0: <laughs> I think, I mean, I think it's easier for them to just say, okay, we'll add a team, whether or not that's Arizona State or somebody else. It would be a pickle, but I think it's an easier pickle to solve than say
1: it's an what? easy pickle to solve in a sense of yes yeah, solving it is easy because you'd have a lot of people who want to be in your right. league right but at the same time your high horse mentality is going to be completely i think they, uh, i think they can. your maintain ego that. is going to be shot
0: i think they can they can maintain that um if if they're getting forced to I think they can sort of play some victim game and
1: play the victim uh, and, and,
0: and handle that. But the thing is, if, if, if that rule is installed after new conferences of six teams are formed. So let's just go with my little ECAC thing of the Ivies, which there's 12 teams, in the ECAC half of them, six are Ivy league schools and the other half are not Ivy league schools. Uh this has been rumored over the years too, just split that off into the six Ivy just have the Ivy League be a separate league. Uh and then have the other that six doesn't
1: start until November.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh and and wants to play less games. Um yeah, they only play twenty-nine games, uh, for some reason. Uh they they got all that extra studying to do. Um, but let's say that okay, that happens. We got the six team Ivy League. Um now, we're saying the Big Ten has uh, not as much wiggle room to just add any other team. Ivy League especially doesn't have... I mean, Ivy League yeah, ain't, ain't getting uh, Notre Dame as an affiliate member. They are only pl- uh, plucking their teams from the literal Ivy League of universities, which are, what, nine or ten schools? Um, so if you, if you have these split-off leagues that are six teams, and then you... And then they say well we got to raise the minimum for an automatic qualifier. Then the Ivy League's like, "Well, there's no way that Penn and Col- or Columbia is going to join our league and we there's no real way that we can have affiliate members into the Ivy League." So, we just got to go back into the ECAC, we got to put our tail between the legs and try to do that again. It would be interesting if they if that is going to if that because I, I I don't think that's I think that's a somewhat realistic uh, thing that the NCAA could do is say is is to raise that minimum number of teams for an automatic bid. Because once one team once one league does that, let's say the Ivy League does that, well then what's stopping the six independents that we said from just saying we'll start a six team league? I mean, once one group of six does that, it's possible then that then the Atlantic says we'll split into two and we'll get another cheap auto bid for that. You could have a real sort of domino effect. maybe I'm falling into the slippery slope uh fallacy here, but uh without without legislation on the books that says you know without raising the minimum number of teams to qualify for an automatic qualifier, we could be sitting here in ten years with not six leagues but ten leagues. And mm-hmm. when that's the case, then, you know, that's ten automatic berths. Uh and you know, with three of them being, you know, from two Atlantic hockey conferences and two ECACs. And so then you're you know, you're at the 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 at-large bids for the tournament are dwindling away. And the big schools that sort of are most in position to have those at-large bids are not gonna like that uh and so i wonder if that's a preemptive move that says we'll do that to stop any sort of possibilities of these small leagues taking over Mm -hmm. or proliferating um instead of that we'll we'll kill that dream before it starts and say we got to go to eight teams which i i I don't know if that i kind of like that actually i kind of like an eight team league as being the minimum for. For a uh, automatic qualifier
1: so i I do too uh, the but I think you know kind of the main reason maybe not the main reason, but you know a big reason why I think that opens the door to more breaking off is because they have seen how well it works out not having a central tournament for a um, Con- like for for a conference tournament like all you know with the uh, the success the c c h a and the big Ten have done by going back to on campus sites you know you you got you got a full house r- rocking you got the atmosphere that you want um you know sometimes uh you know if it's a forty five minute review for a goal you know maybe it's a different story, but it's it, you know you're you might have you know, there's a lot less overhead than obviously a neutral site tournament where you have to run that and 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 whatnot. So, plucking six teams, I think, you know, f- to form their own league that is is maybe a little bit of an easier task. Now, what does that do though with the referee pool? You know, that's that's the big question. There is then the you know your going further, further, deeper in the referee, and people already don't like referees in, in in the league. So now you're digging deeper, so it's going to be even more consistent. More leagues are going to have worse referees. Um, So it's, you know, and is that good for the game and, and whatnot? So that's where all of this realignment, you know, that's, that's what made everything so hard when I was trying to track everything and move everything around is I kept thinking of all of these other different little nuances that it's like, Oh man, I can't imagine how you know now you're trying to you know train how many more referees to to be up to a certain standard so I don't know it's i you know you we can look at hockey so what's the you know, cut half of them you know put put six teams, six teams you know i just i just feel like yeah they're they're if 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 those dominoes start to fall. I think fairly quickly they're going to say, "Hey, we got to we got to do something about this because, you know, having a really strong, you know, having too many teams above a really strong second place team in a different conference is not good for the game overall." Yeah, and I'm also not a fan of expanding the field past sixteen.
0: Oh yeah, um, yeah, so absolutely. It, if it was to me, I would shrink the field, but that's a uh, that's a you, top. You'd go back down to day. twelve, or yeah, probably. Uh, but uh, that's a topic for a different day. Yeah, and as you said, like it's it's very easy for me to oh we'll split off in a six year and it's using it on a on a sheet of paper and split off six here and split off <laughs> six there. The logistics of that are well, then you're creating not just a league of six teams, you're creating another sort of bureaucracy that is entailed with that. So you're hiring another yeah. there's another commissioner for that league uh, and a league office. I'll and do, what, it. do, you do with, what do you do with the streaming package or the media? I'll do you know? it. ESPN there was plus. a whole. You know, Who cares? Just sell it cou- to you. A couple of. Well, I'm just saying. It's. I mean, the the Ivy League, I'm sure, could handle that no problem. But if you're having a league, starting a league with Ferris or uh, uh, Fairbanks and Anchorage and Huntsville, uh, a little tougher sledding. I think when you're when you're dealing with programs or schools of that stature. So, uh, I don't know if we really solved the the realignment puzzle here. I mean, we, we, we moved some pieces around and we had some hot takes and some maybe here's and maybe there's. And hopefully it was a enlightening discussion and definitely something to keep an eye on for the last few years. I'll ask
1: one final question. Yeah. What do you think will be the first domino? Like what do you think that there's going to be something that's going to trigger everything kind of falling into place or shuffling around or anything along those lines. Is there something that you see as like, so like a I big,
0: like a big one, like big Augustana, catalyst. like Augustana going to the CCHA didn't really blow anything up. You think, yeah. thinking i like, I would say it's going to start with Atlantic hockey. Cause I think once they get, and I think this Utica might be a, a factor in that. I right. When I was doing my realignment here, I, I just was sticking to the teams that have officially announced movements mm-hmm. to D1. So I, yeah, we've heard rumblings about Utica or, you know, for that matter, UNLV that we mentioned. I just stuck to the, these are the teams that have officially uh, are in the, are in NCAA division one.
1: Well, but because I think there's that, also talk of what St. St. Aslam, you know, Anselm, there's a- yep. Yeah, it, it and that's them. so. I mean, that's you know we, we can go down like you know. Quite what, the long so I
0: I to. would say once Atlantic even just gets to twelve, which I think it. I mean, LIU is one where I think their big hang-up is a facility. Um, if they maybe if they work that out, if they find a a facility that's viable, once Atlantic gets to twelve, and then perhaps has like another perhaps potential 13th member, then you're going to think of, we got to split into two. Like I said, I think there is a natural geographic split between these teams. You could even have like some of those the Mercyhurst, Niagara, Robert Morris, these teams. I mean, if you really want to go chaos, these are schools within driving distance to Bowling green, uh, you could see some of those Eastern CCH, CCHA members could maybe join up with some of these uh, Western Atlantic hockey schools. Could form like a Great Lakes, a, a Lake Erie conference. Uh,
1: NCHC members Mankato and Canisius. How about that? <laughs> that's the uh, only after Western
0: <laughs> after Canisius wins its first Natty. I think. That's the. The only stipulation there. But where do you see that big first uh you know, big big Jenga piece? Is it Atlantic? Is it somewhere out east? Is it somewhere out west? Where where do you see it?
1: Yeah, I I I also I don't want to just sit here and agree with you, but yeah, I also feel like something in Atlantic hockey is gonna change. Um but you you know if if anything does happen with CCH or not CCHA but with um you know ECAC and Hockey East you know I think there can be some reshuffling going on there um, yeah as as well so I do feel it's going to be out east um you know we, I think we're kind of in agreement. When it comes to the biggest thing that would have to happen, I think, for anything to fall would be the Alaska schools getting in. And I just don't see that happening. We're both in agreement right. there. So I think that's so far out of the realm of a possibility that I'm not even going to really entertain that. So that's, so that's why I think that something's going to happen out east and some, pro, some programs are going to be reshuffling. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's ECAC. Um, is going to be involved in that, but I, I want to say it's Atlantic hockey going to be the catalyst
0: yeah I mean it makes sense I mean the last the big realignment from ten years ago the East was relatively untouched yeah I mean ECAC was completely untouched Hockey East added Notre Dame and then lost them a couple years later and Atlantic hockey i don't I don't believe they were affected at all by that either so it makes sense for the first big round of realignment 10 years ago. That was the Western realignment. Now perhaps this is the Eastern realignment. And part of it's, you know, change is not necessarily bad. And part of the reason that we're having this discussion is that we've got uh, some newcomers, you know, we're talking about Augustana, Lindenwood, Stonehill, uh, uh, LIU. It's a good problem to have, where do we put these new programs into conferences? Uh, there was years there that all that college hockey was doing was was um, getting rid of teams or, you know,
1: reinstate Wayne uh, State.
0: <laughs> uh, 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 Findlay. Uh, there was uh, yeah, a couple of other Iona, I believe, had a uh, yep. college hockey team. Yeah, you could go back into that,
1: oh, into that I, well as well. We also forgot the really big news, or maybe we did it in the last podcast, I guess I don't remember, uh, but Illinois. Oh, yeah, we, uh, we talked about that. Did we, did about we talk that. about Illinois officially? Okay, all
0: right. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of why I was uh, confident that, not confidence, maybe not the best word, but that Arizona State is a decent possibility of landing there is that I think that they are resigned to the fact that there's not going to be another actual big 10 school that's going to be filling that eighth spot anytime soon, Illinois being the closest to that. We haven't heard any rumors about Iowa or Indiana or Purdue. Any of these other teams haven't heard a whiff of yeah. Anything other than like Nebraska, I, I I've heard some, some rumors there, but I think it'd be a tough sell with, with Omaha right on kind of right next door. So
1: yeah, I, well, the Omaha AD went and got the job at Lincoln, I believe.
0: He, no, it's the other way around. It was a uh, Nebraska Brad is the Omaha AD. I believe that's how it, but I think that I think that Nebraska Lincoln has like some ice facility, some decent ice facilities there. That's where you know Lincoln has a USHL team. I think it it might be able to work there. Uh, and you know, like I said, they are a Big Ten school. I think they have the resources to make something work. It's just I haven't heard any real steam out of, out of that situation. But that's the only program that I've ever heard any more anything more than a whiff of serious uh, rumors of them. You know, Starting D one hockey, I haven't heard anything from a lot of those Eastern Big Ten schools. So, yeah, with with Illinois being sort of dead and buried as that as far as that possibility goes, I do think that they're gonna just say we need to find a an eighth team. We've got to go outside the traditional Big Ten to find that team. Which, again, like Notre Dame joining, is another reason why I am frustrated that the Big Ten had to had to do that move ten years ago to begin with. Uh, But, um, but that's, again, a rant for previous and and future dates.
1: Omaha's vice chancellor of athletics was Trev Alberts, who went to the athletic director role at University of Nebraska. Did
0: he? Okay. So, but, and he's a, he's, he went to uh, Nebraska, Lincoln, correct? He was like a star linebacker, I think, back in like the early nineties. He was, at, he was at Omaha, though, before. I think that's the case.
1: Well, he was the vice chancellor of athletics at Omaha. So he but was he, like, and then he now is the athletic director for the University of Nebraska. In Lincoln. In Lincoln, yeah. Okay, all
0: right. But he, he is a Lincoln alum. He's not a UNO alum.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, I have no clue, but maybe.
0: Oh. I'm pretty sure
1: that's right. Uh, yes. But, okay. Yes, that
0: is the case. Yeah, but oh, yeah. Of the other Big Ten schools, now that now that Illinois is dead and buried, like I said, uh, Nebraska would be the closest thing to that. But I, I haven't heard anything serious uh, moving uh, from that for that topic. So yeah, and I just
1: feel like if it's Nebraska, if it's not football, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, I think I think that's all right.
1: Volleyball. I think their their volleyball team
0: is. And they have a decent baseball program. That's, that's a topic for maybe next month. Is I've been somewhat getting into college baseball um, oh, yeah? over this year. I went to a couple of games here. I, just, I think that college hockey could learn a couple things from college baseball. Uh, but maybe that's a topic for uh, another summer podcast. We should wrap things up. We're, we're getting to record territory here. Uh, did we have any, uh, any questions from our loyal fan base before we leave?
1: um yeah uh, dan jacobson did ask um if uh how i liked the uh director's cut outtakes version of bo burnham's inside uh obviously i loved it um i loved also that there were some like actual songs that just hit the cutting room floor that he did but also some like of him just fiddling around with the lights and you saw like the meticulous planning he did um as well i thought that was kind of Kind of interesting and kind of dove me back into the um, inside and in that whole um, project and, and film that he did. So I thought, I thought it, was, it, it, it was it was was uh, kind of cool to watch. So I was a fan of it. Should it be, um, though? Is, is it kind of misnamed,
0: though? Is, is, should it be not outtakes because it's from inside? Should it be intakes? <laughs> intakes? In well, de- 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 maybe. De- 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 I'll be here all weekend.
1: There you go. Um, and... Um, There's another one about the uh, predictions for the upcoming year. We'll put a pin in that um, and do that maybe when we get a little bit of a better makeup of who's who's the rosters for um, all the teams um, and whatnot. But um, there was a poll uh, that one of our followers uh, did. And uh, basically it was uh, discuss uh, your favorite defunct uh, a hole in the wall bar uh, in 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 Saint Cloud, and uh, it was it was a one you know just you know rank I think it was just your favorite one, but uh, it, you know we're we're gonna go ahead. Let's I think we should rank them. Uh, you know four to one maybe or, or whatnot. Yeah. Start out with the least. Uh, but uh, the four options were McRudy's Rum Runners, uh, The Rocks, and Tav. Uh, so that was combined into one, and the press. Um, you know, since the whole arson thing had to happen. That whole so, arson thing. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if you want to go ping pong back I, and forth, or... Well,
0: I'll say my my number four was a bullet right off the bat. That was that was the first thing that I put on my list was number four, which is the so the worst of the four. The worst if of you the want four. To, if what you want you to maybe start there and then move up. And Let's maybe do it. I, I put the press there. I that of the floor. really yeah. Wow. I, could not, I could not stand okay. the press.
1: Uh, was it the sticky floors that got to you? Was it always the bad hard rock music on the uh, first floor? Or
0: yes, yes. <laughs> Keep going.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, the uh, the one one dollar taps that uh, just tasted absolute garbage, like they were watered down yes. to beat hell and uh what the two taps I just, they had were rolling rock and mcgolden i think
0: yeah uh i would say that i mean a dive bar doesn't need all of those things would be fine for me if i had a good experience i, I think that's kind of what i thought like dive bars are fine and i don't think i mean we're not talking high quality uh bars with any of these
1: Obviously al- not. I
0: at least had some good times in the others. I I can't think of one time where I'm like I'm really glad that we had that experience at the press
1: last night. Well, oh, correct, yeah. Uh, nobody's glad at the pre- uh, at the press, uh, but it was the. Um... You know, uh, the, the fish fishbowls, uh, the 25-cent taco night uh, that they had, obviously. The, See, you
0: uh, clearly went to the press much more than I did. I probably yeah. went to the press less than 10 times.
1: Oh, no, my, I went. My, it was, it was a staple for me. Yeah, Tuesdays, I believe, it was a 25-cent taco night. Um, so you just got a, just a bunch of tacos that uh, go up to the window for a quarter. Um, yeah, Wednesdays um, of your birthday month. Uh, you got uh, you got a pizza and a fishbowl.
0: Yes, that um, I went to once. Um, or
1: a pitcher, but everyone got the fishbowl was... because you can do like a grape ape or a water moccasin and a fishbowl with like nine straws. The things we did pre-COVID. I oh, tell you there, what.
0: Was there one that had like, you got a tray of jello shots? I think I that remember was at one. Because okay, yeah, I think was at I, Runners. One, one birthday, we went to a, a, several of these uh, and... I, I do remember the jello shots and so yeah I do think I did one of the uh, the fish bowls there for for a birthday once but uh
1: yeah my favorite is always that you would leave you know like if people would go maybe you know just to get the free pizza and you know you'd only have like three or four friends there um and then you would get the fish bowl and then you would only drink like half of it cuz after that it was just <laughs> you couldn't have any more all right yeah so so, well, so um, what, what? What was your number four? My number four uh, was the Rocks and Tav. Uh, yeah, I had that, them.
0: I had them at three. So I, uh, I, they're, they're, the Rocks they're the, always. They're in the bottom a, half.
1: They always had a cover. Uh, so yep. and, and already, you know, you're going to a cover for a band, and inside the Rocks, there was only usually about five or six people anyway. <laughs> so and then it was connected to the Tav. Um, which was just, uh, I don't know, they had open mic night, and it was a little bit like of a convenience store vibe I always got because they just had, like, refrigerator and the lights right behind it, <laughs> you know, just like you'd have at a convenience store. Um, <sighs> but it was just, there was never any atmosphere. there was just never a reason to go there. It was just kind of small and cramped in, and it was it was always dead inside. I remember when I turned 21, and my friends were giving me a tour of downtown. They said, "All right, you're standing outside the Rocks and Tab. All right, turn around. Here's Mexican Village. This is the best view of the Rocks and Tab. Let's go to the next bar." <laughs> so yeah, yeah. The, uh... Rocks and Tab, like you said, if you've only been to the press ten times, I've probably were was only at the tab about four or five.
0: Yeah, I probably, I might have been there less than the press. Um, I ha- I kind of had my, my usuals, uh, which we'll get, well, we, we're not talking about MCs. Obviously that's still around. Is that's, uh, still around. And that's is actually rocks, a decent bar? <laughs> yeah. Is the and that's the bar that I'm sure I went to the most uh, from, for the downtown area is the rocks. Is that still that cowboy Jacks? Yep. Okay which so. it hasn't
1: hasn't been open since the fire. And
0: Oh, really? So that's definitely. that's also, but that that didn't get burned down. I mean, it no, probably has some there, damage. There
1: was just there was just damage to it and Still. I th- and I think they I don't know. Like I don't want to speculate too much, <laughs> but I would imagine the owners are like Let's claim as much insurance money as we can and let's just rebuild because I think they bought right. also some land, more land um, of that the press was on. So they expanded a little bit more and okay. I think they're just going to rebuild. So hopefully they rebuild to something nice and I hope you get a rooftop patio. I think that would be really nice in St. Cloud because we don't have one. But um, so we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. But
0: and, and still nothing in the press lot. That's still just an empty lot.
1: That's still, like, charred remains.
0: It's, it's, really? They haven't even cleaned it up? Like, it, it still ap- looks like not, a fire?
1: Yeah, uh, not really.
0: Wow. To be it's fair, tri- I haven't
1: been downtown in a long time, so. Yeah.
0: Some prime real estate. You think that they should do something with it. So, yeah, like I said, that was my number three. What, what was your number three?
1: Uh, my number three was, uh, what you know, it was a toss-up for me. But I, I did end up going with McRudy's, and that was uh, kind of a surprise because first off, um, the poll uh, from Johnny Mac at Fight the Pants, uh, uh, McRudy's was winning, and, really? and I'm like, wow, people really had a lot of good memories at McRudy's. I never had. I have maybe I one have or a two good. Um, I have a theory
0: for that. Is because like, everyone and-
1: was eighteen. <laughs>
0: That's yes. Cause and I I had the number two. So I, I guess, you know, my list now, but my theory for that is exactly, I would say, I would say it was number two for me just because it was the first bar that I, the first St. Cloud bar that I was, that I went to. Uh, and the first one that I got into. Uh, and so I think that nostalgia, it, it gets some nostalgia points for that reason. Gotcha. I think, uh, um, gotcha. I, it's maybe this is maybe just a crazy theory, but that, that's I think why it's number one in the poll.
1: But uh, but also you know that was the the place after hockey home games. I mean the hockey team usually went out right. uh, after Saturday games. They went out to McRudy's because yeah, that's where your eighteen or nineteen year olds could get in. I remember a buddy of mine got in with his girlfriend's ID once because I mean <laughs> they just didn't look at it. Right, it was it was you know, the the bouncer there was more for show than anything else. Um, but, uh, yeah, and that's, you know, the, the upstairs just was, was cramped. It wasn't that fun to go to. Um, yeah, not, uh, I, I don't know. People put uh, McRudy's at, at a higher spot than, uh, than I did, that's for sure.
0: I'm more, it's just that I was not impressed, and it didn't have good times at the press or the Rocks. His, there was really it, it didn't really earn second place. Uh, it was just better than and, the and worst. second
1: place on this list too is uh, meh. <laughs> I mean again, we're not yeah. talking we're, we're not we're not talking the most highbrow, uh, sophisticated restaurants in the area.
0: It's, this is true. So I guess you know my number one by by logic here, uh, Rum runners, and that yeah. leaves between your number one, it's either Rum Runners or the press. Which is it? I I, almost, I want you to say the press, so your number one is my number four.
1: It is not my number one is rum runners. So we actually agree. We actually agree, which was actually crazy because rum runners on this poll was last. It really? only got ten percent of the vote. Yeah. Oh, well, their beer,
0: the beer and pizza, the
1: beer and pizza was that's... was a
0: big deal. Plus, yes. I won a
1: I won a poker
0: tournament there. Once. Ooh, yeah! And I got I won like a hundred and fifty dollar bar tab. That was the prize. Uh, oh, nice! i Remember, I got like I, I was holding pair or I was holding pair of tens, and I got another ten on the river or the flop or whatever, and I beat a guy that had a pair of aces. Uh, <laughs> and that's pretty much. I don't think that was the last uh, hand of the game, but that's like I got most of the chips. So that was the big turning point in the game. I just sure. remember that. The guy was not happy that I, oh, I got the, that I, that he lost with pair aces. but, uh, so I have some good memories from run, 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 run. Sure, sure. and, and the beer and pizza. I actually, the, the, pizza was good for, for the, uh, the cheap stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was, it was pretty, it was nice and good grease, uh, uh quotient. It was, uh, for college, uh, college town grub. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was, a good deal. it
1: was pretty much the reason why uh, Saint Cloud uh, instituted the rule that you can't have uh, bottomless beverages anymore. Uh, yes, it is because yeah, for uh, for two hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, for a seven dollar cover, you could uh, drink unlimited beer and you know just as many uh, times as you they can serve you uh, really in in that amount of time. And I don't know. I I don't know if people weren't around for it or didn't partake in that. But, yeah, that being last. I think, you know, having, you know, 18-plus night, you know, probably didn't help where you would get all the, um, you know, Apollo and uh, St. Cloud Tech grads or seniors there as well. Um, But, uh, yeah, I had, you know, when you we went to beer and pizza which you know was a huge fan of mine it was it was packed um you had the dj up there you know you had you had pretty good music um and yeah i you know dancing and you know on, on, on the i don't know i had i had a lot of probably the most fun there uh the press i did i it was very hit or miss for me and it, it's just you know sometimes i did go and i did have a really good time other times it was just just terrible and it was just dead so um but you know everyone you know remember the stairs at the press because it was probably the steepest i mean it was like climbing a ladder and it was single file so you know just everybody always just fell down those steps <laughs> drunk because it was it was just a it was just a hazard. But uh yeah. I Rum runners just gets gets squashed in this poll and it was um well not
0: not, not in our
1: poll. Not, not not in our poll, not deserved. There, I think
0: this I think this put poll, some
1: respect on Rum Runners' name.
0: I think this poll is kind of like the Ustro poll. You yeah, know, I that's think the so. poll that doesn't really matter. Uh, exactly, and, and it's got some biases in, in the poll. I, the poll that you yeah. want to listen to uh, is is right here on the Huskies Hockey Podcast. So, uh, but that is a uh, that was that was a good topic, um, some <laughs> riveting riveting
1: topic there. Oh, just going through the uh, the list here or the people's responses is, is, is pretty funny because one was. Um, I've only thrown up at two of those bars and I have thrown up at three of them. So in uh, inside or out
0: getting back, um, to the bull, I, bull I, I guess,
1: I guess I consider like as a result of, oh, sure. Oh, well, so, if you're going to, you're gonna count but, bad. Well, like, but still in the vicinity, like, okay. So it's like, like, like traveling I was and... able to make it outside. It's like traveling Before. in international waters.
0: It's like the three-mile line outside the shore. Like, that still exactly. counts as the bar. Yeah. I, I, gotcha. I say
1: if you're still within 100 feet and you throw up of a yeah. bar that you just exited, that counts as throwing that, up yeah. at that bar. I, think,
0: I agree. I agree with uh, that.
1: So, yeah, McRudy, McRudy's um, right, uh, you know, the tree right outside. Um, that I threw <laughs> yep. up on that. Um, the press, yes, both inside and outside of the press. I've thrown up on the, the tree and a parking meter out there and then behind rum runners in between that and like the metro station, there there's like oh, a little yeah. there's a little alleyway behind yep. there. I threw up there and that's when I said, you know, okay, boom, I hit the reset button, let's go. And then yeah, I, I continued on drinking that night. If you wanna you know I was fun in college, what can I say?
0: Be sure to uh you know this is happy Father's Day, by the way, but be, be yeah, sure yes. you. you know when your kids uh, grow up, be sure to uh, regale them with all these stories of of their good old dad uh, in his glory days.
1: I'm just thinking the only time I would have thrown up at the that- have would be if I would have accidentally entered and I was around that. I probably would have thrown up in yep. disgust.
0: yes, yes that's good well uh. Any other questions?
1: Uh, nope. That, uh, that, uh, that about does her. That uh, about does all, her. For all the questions. So.
0: Yeah, so I guess rule changes, we're pushing that off to next, next uh, month. Yeah, we obviously didn't have uh, any shortage of topics to blather on mm-hmm. about this week. Uh, that will do it for this podcast. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks to Better Kelp Better uh, talk, for sponsoring thank you. this podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, and if you've made it this far, um, I guess you're... You're crazy like us, so yep, exactly. Uh, and send us send us your rankings of the uh, of the defunct
1: bars, defunct bars list, yep, uh, if, exactly. if
0: if you would please. Uh, yeah, if you wanna send a question, you can uh, hit up Weldy uh, at his Twitter account, which is
1: at more clappers m o a r clappers or, or clappers.
0: You can also send me an email uh, at huskieshockeypodcast at gmail.com. Send me any questions. I love uh, receiving them. That'll do it for this month. Uh, uh, until next month, go Huskies. Woo! <laughs>